John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's the High Gain Podcast. In the same room. We are totally <laughs> raw dog in this one. No masks. <laughs> it's crazy. I want to say it feels good, but it just feels kind of weird. Then maybe I shouldn't be sitting like a foot away from you breathing on you. Exactly. I just, I missed you, Ed. I am stoked to be back. Where are we, John? We are both. Yeah. In the same singular basement in beautiful West Seattle, Washington. I can see the guitar. A lot of times we start recording and I have no idea. I actually now can see a fucking weird spiky metally guitar. Yeah, like that. It's got a Floyd Rose on it. You know that's metally. Come on. Yeah, we're going down the black metal rat hole today, Ed. Oh, great. But you know what? What? We have a guide on this journey. Oh, a black metal guide? A black metal guide dude. Perfect. Yeah, we need to welcome to the show musician. Yes. Artist. Yes. Chuck BB. Chuck. Hello, everyone. How was that intro? It was beautiful. I feel like I should have answered like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do we know each other, Chuck? That is a good question. How do we know each other, Ed? Let me tell you, I believe it's from the magical world of comics and uh, specifically our interactions at comic conventions as well. Yeah. You did come to Seattle, right? Like you went to Emerald City a bunch. Yeah. Did Emerald City twice, maybe three times. Yeah, because I also did San Diego and WonderCon when it was in San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe at some of those I saw you too. That's very possible. I definitely did WonderCon in San Francisco. Yeah. It's all a blur. Also, it was a little while ago too. Yeah. You have a book, Black Metal, that Rick Spears wrote and you did all the illustrations for. Lots of them. I love it. 
I actually have in my rock room a page from Black Metal framed. So when I play guitar, I've got Black Metal dudes staring at me. That's so awesome. I want a page from Black Metal. Well, I might know a guy. Oh, who? (laughs) Chuck, if our viewers want a page, are there any left? I have hundreds of pages left from that book because the book is over 400 pages long. So I've got tons of that stuff. I guess it'd be like asking me. <laughs> Go to the old uh, chuckbb.com or something like that and hit me up and see if there's anything you're looking for. I've got book one in front of me and I see all these great pages, but they're not numbered. So if a person saw one that they liked. Describe it. Take a picture with your phone, maybe. Oh, yeah. That's thinking, John. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Written by Rick Spears, illustrated by Chuck BB, edited by my good friend Charlie Chu. Over at Oni Press. Oh my gosh. Oh boy, that guy, huh? Yeah, that's rock stars the whole way through. Beverages. Beverages, Ed. (laughs) That, I think, was ABBA. Yes. That was ABBA. Who are geographically black metal. Ah. Maybe not proto-black metal, exactly. Hmm. I disagree. Oh, okay. (laughs) ABBA is about as black metal as it gets. Sure. I think. Yeah. Hey, Chuck. Yes. Do you have a beverage? Do I have a beverage? The answer to your question is yes. If you'd like me to talk about it, I will. Do it. I'm on brand here. I have a beer from the brewery, True Brewing. That's T-R-V-E. Oh, cool. (laughs) I believe they're based out of Denver, Colorado. My wife's sister mailed me these because when we were visiting her, we found this brewery and it was just like this cool little spot. I'm actually wearing the True Brewery hoodie right now. That was not part of my plan, but I'm in. Oh my God, their website rules. That <laughs> that image. Is it pretty metally? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot of like death angel guys and <laughs> goats with pentagrams. Yeah. Lots of goats. I'm going to crack open this Bach. Do it. It's a Bach style lager. Okay. And here it goes. Oh, oh Bach metal. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm going to have a sip now. <sighs> Is it delicious? It's wonderful. It's just afternoon. I think it's the perfect time to be cracking that hair of the dog. That's right. Mm-hmm. For those who have not been following, Ed has joined the juicing community pretty heavy. <laughs> yes. And then his juicer broke. Right. So he had to get a new one. Yep. I got a new one. It's industrial. You can toss anything in this thing. It's all stainless steel with titanium blades for juicing. So I put in this two grapefruits, an apple, a pound of kale. A pound of kale? A pound of kale, which is a lot of kale. Uh Uh-huh. And 
a whole lime, just dropped it in. Like with the skin? Yeah. All right. And a big block of Cheese. ginger. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what John and I have. Wow. Okay, I'm going to try this bespoke juice. Yeah. It's pretty gingery and grapefruity. Yeah. I like it. I've been like ramping my ginger game up. You got to do it. That's my deal. Yeah. We both got a couple of black coffees as well. Ah, so you guys are looking to move some material. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I even have a Good Belly probiotic drink again this week. We are all bevied up over here, Chuck. I have another beverage too. Oh, do you? What do you got? It's a Coke Zero. That's a weird combo. That is super metal-y. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't drinking them at the same time. I have a vinyl in front of me here of Nosk of the Void. What's Nosk of the Void, Ed? That's the new Chuck BB released black metal album. Oh, yes. So how long have you played guitar? I had flirted with trying to make stuff before, and I just never committed I had this old guitar that I had since I was a teenager. I think I tried to be in like two bands and nothing really went anywhere. So I've never considered myself like a guitarist, but I'm becoming more and more of one the more I get into all this stuff, you know? It's all relatively new to me, in truth. So on this album, how much of it is you? Is it all you? 100% me. The only other person to touch it was the mixer master fellow. Right. That's crazy. It is crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. I think that's amazing. When you were a kid, you played guitar. Did that kind of go hand in hand with drawing or mm. did those impulses start at different times or what? Let's see. I was not a guitarist when I was a teenager. I was definitely an artist. I've been drawing stuff since I was a kid and music's incredibly important to me. I just never quite understood how to make it. The guitar didn't like click with me and I didn't have lessons. I didn't have, I think, what would have helped bring that out of me. I missed out on that and I have great regrets about that. But looking at it now, I did approach making music much in the same way that I create art. I have a very visual way of thinking about it and there's definitely a correlation there. Even in how you write the music, you mean? There's a visual element? I don't know. It's really hard to explain. Maybe I shouldn't have straight up said that, but maybe the way I think about art isn't always visual. A lot of times it's just thinking. I don't know. Ideas, not necessarily visuals until I have an idea and I sort of want to execute upon it. If I had to guess, I would say you are probably not a gearhead. You're right. I'm learning more and more, but I probably could not tell you all the names of the parts of a guitar. Is there specific gear, though, you needed to have to get the sound? To fit where you wanted to be in the genre? I was looking to just kind of make as fucked up a sound as I could create. You know, I needed a distortion pedal, and I'd played around with distortion pedals quite a bit, but I ended up grabbing the one from my teenage years, the old grunge pedal. Oh. And basically just twisting the stuff until I got it to sound as nasty as I wanted it to sound. So are you using an actual amp? No. I'm recording into a mixer. Yeah. And I think I have a, a pretty not great one, too, but for black metal, maybe it's the right choice. <laughs> Sometimes when I would record, I could hear like little buzzes and things like that. And I don't really know enough about the technical aspects of audio to fix that. I don't know. I think people have released full-blown albums using like GarageBand. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I couldn't tell. I wasn't sure if you had a Marshall cab 
and a couple of pedals or if you went straight into the board. You know, I think amp modelers are getting to the point that they're so good. Not to mention plugins in software and yeah. everything. I have several amps and John and I both have a little Strymon Iridium. Basically, it's an amp simulator pedal. I rarely use my actual amp. By the way, how I achieved that awesome ABBA black metal tone. Yeah. <laughs> First, I turned on the 1981 DRV pedal. Okay. Then I turned on the Spaceman Sputnik 3 pedal. You're getting there. And then I turned on the Earthquaker Devices Life pedal. That'll do it. Yes. Yes, yeah, just, you know, for those who want to know. Perfect. I love it. So I saw some images, and I think you recorded the whole thing on an Epiphone, Les Paul? Yes, that is correct. And then I saw a really great picture of an Epiphone Les Paul with the headstock laying on the ground <laughs> and the rest of the guitar not laying on the ground. What happened, Chuck? Well, that's when I learned about one piece of gear, strap locks. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's always the hard way to learn things. When I was making the album, I was kind of like basically taking any time I could find anywhere in between work and life to record stuff. So I would get up in the morning and maybe between like six and eight before I got ready for work, I would try to record something, see what happened. And, you know, sometimes at that time you're a little groggy. So you want to get your coffee and you reach for the coffee and then the guitar falls headfirst uh, onto the ground. And then uh, you have to cry and be very upset. And then you have to go to work after that. Oh. <laughs> What did you do? Did you just find another guitar or did you repair that one? I immediately asked people, you know, who can repair this? And a lot of people came back with some answers, but I went on Yelp and I found a guy that had a lot of nice reviews. And I was like, you want to do this? He said, bring it on over. I was through recording three quarters of the album before I got that guitar back. Wow. You're wondering, how did I record three quarters of the album without that guitar? That very day I went to work and they had like one of these sort of like employee happiness lunch gatherings with all the animation department. And there was a raffle for a guitar, <laughs> like a Fender Squire, like a box with the amp, like a rock and roll in a package kind of thing. Right. Exactly. I didn't win it, but I talked to the guy that did and he didn't have any interest in guitars and was a very nice fellow and just gave it to me. Destiny. That's insane. The same day. That is pretty crazy. So without being a gearhead, tonally, the difference between a Les Paul and a Strat is pretty dramatic. Yeah. Did anything change? Did you make different songs when you got the new guitar? I think so. Also, like, it's a lighter guitar. Huh. Right. And it turned out to be totally great. I realized a lot about guitars in that moment. It's a cheaper end guitar, but it's perfect. Sure. I was able to make the tunes come out and make the sounds that I wanted. I think it probably did affect the vibe and maybe it, it made it a little more appropriate in some ways. Huh. Could you call out a song that you think the main guitar line was written on a Strat? The first song on the record, actually, Rest Eternal, which is definitely one that people respond to pretty favorably. That one was recorded on the Squire. <laughs> Yeah. 
Nosk of the Void. The name of it, it's dedicated to Hollow Knight, the video game, right? Yep. Yeah. The visual aesthetic of that game, the first time I saw it, was just like, holy shit. It is 100% my jam visually. Oh, yeah. This album is a tribute to Hollow Knight. That was a game that really blew me away. You know, it was made by a very small team. It shows that they just knew exactly the kind of thing they wanted to make. And it's this beautiful piece of art. It's a challenging game. It's got a beautiful soundtrack. It's not metal at all. You know, it's very beautiful. I have a theory. Team Cherry is the company that makes Hollow Knight. And they are an Australian company. And I feel like this is all just a big long con for Chuck to move to Australia on Team Cherry's dime. Is this true or not? <laughs> uh, I wish. I haven't had any interaction with them at all. Oh, really? I tried to do like a cold email, but I don't know how that stuff works. So Sure. Chuck has been writing a strip for Decibel Magazine for about 12 years or so, I guess. Yes, sir. So anybody who reads that magazine about the medals is familiar with Chuck. Anybody that plays Hollow Knight is familiar from that end. So I'm wondering, the feedback you're getting on the album, where's it coming from? It's mostly from metal stuff. I've definitely had a few interactions with people that really loved Hollow Knight, so they checked it out, and it just really clicked with them. I think there is like a Venn diagram of people who are cool with black metal and people that like Hollow Knight, and this is probably exactly for them. But I also wanted it to, you know, to be its own thing. Decibel Magazine, where I do the comic strip Stone Cold Lazy, I sent them a record. Not really sure if they would actually review it, and then they said they would, and then I got afraid. But then the review was pretty nice. I got 7 out of 10, which is pretty solid for a first-time effort. But the thing about black metal is it's not really something for everybody. It's rougher, lo-fi, nastier. There's controversy within it. Really? <laughs> uh, a little bit? <laughs> Just a little bit. The most appealing part of black metal to me as a genre is probably the controversy. It's probably. <laughs> yeah? I don't know. I'm not totally true crime guy, but there's some stuff there. Yeah, that's so sensational. Yeah. Like, what? That's crazy. And then the dude blew his brains out and they put his photo on an album cover. Right. And then you'd hear stories about, like, well, some of them were eating his brains. And right. Probably not true, but. No press is bad press, Chuck. That's, <laughs> that's right. You're going to learn that from being on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John and I were kind of doing some deep divey research on black metal yeah. and all the various subgenres. Yeah. You call Nosk atmospheric black metal in one of the interviews I read. Yeah. I would not categorize every song as the same style of black metal, if that makes sense. Yes. Like Glory Within is pretty hard. It's got the double kick drums and then it goes into Grub Hunter, which might be my favorite song on the album. Oh, cool. It's mine. And that's slower grind quarry, kind of. I think it may be Doom, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, tonally, those two songs, back to back. I've got a favorite. I would like to play a little of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you like Tell Me Old Timer? Yes, I'm ready.
I like that one. I wrote a note down as I was going through this a while back. The note I wrote down, whoa, there's actual singing on this. (laughs) (laughs) You are straight up singing. Yes, yeah. Is that a thing you did before as well, or? Yeah, uh, I've never done it like for anything outside of karaoke and in my car, but out of all the musical elements, that is the one where I was like, I have the most confidence in. I think I can sing. Wow. I 100% was ready for the exact opposite answer, which is what it would be for me. It feels like the most personal, you know, that is the most a person can put into the art. Yeah. While it is a tribute to Hollow Knight, it is a very personal album. It's partially about the game. It is certainly also about the experience of playing the game and of being a real person, you know, looking at death. That's the theme throughout death and perseverance. But I don't know. I wasn't really planning on doing clean vocals. It's just something that I knew I could do. Not everything had a lot of plans. Often I would just write lyrics and then the song would sort of just happen. The thing on Tell Me Old Timer where I had like the growling vocals and did these clean singing vocals over them. Kind of sounds cool and it's still spooky. I like that layering of the two different vocal effects. It really adds a larger spatial feeling to it. Well, thank you. That was recorded in my bathroom. (laughs) Nice. Hey, John. Yeah. What guitar was he playing on that song? On that one? Oh, man. Was it the Les Paul? Yes. Pretty humbuckery. Yeah, exactly. You know, this thing has humbuckers, Ed. Oh, we've got a guitar here, Chuck. Should we talk about this guitar you're holding? This is a V-shaped guitar. Flying V. And it is a DBZ guitar. Those of you familiar with the metal guitars made by Dean in the 70s will know that Dean's last name is Zielinski and his middle name is B, DBZ. So after he sold the Dean Guitar Company, he started up DBZ Guitars. Dean is the guy who was like the rock star of guitar makers. I just seem to remember bikini girl pictures and stuff from the 70s. He was that guy. Yeah. He starts up DBZ Guitars in 2008. Oh, these are new. Fairly new, but there must have been some bad blood or something. He left it all behind just four years later in 2012. Had it. So this is a V-style guitar with two humbuckers, a florid rose to get your... Your wham-wham on. Sure. And it's pretty medley. Woo. <laughs> What are the humbuckers? They are the DBZ bridge pickup and the DBZ neck pickup. Okay. Formulated by them. The model of this is the cavallo or cavallo. Apparently it means horse in Spanish. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Cool. There's a history of guitars named after horses. The Mustang. That's right. There's a car, the Pinto. There's a car, the Mustang. See, this is the kind of insightful shit you get from this podcast, Chuck. I'm listening. I'm taking it all in. Aren't you glad you're here? Yes, I am. Yeah. (laughs) The sounds, too. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do some tremolo picking?
any plans, Chuck? Like, can you see yourself playing in support of this album? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to like trick people into doing it with me, I guess, live, or I'd do some weird one man show. But I don't know if I can sing and play guitar and make all the things happen at the same time. I feel like I would be a much better front man than I would to be depended on to uh, execute. Hey, laying down the tracks for this album, I couldn't quite tell. Is there any bass on it? There is no bass. No bass. The synth would provide some of that bass from time to time. Although I am looking at a bass guitar that I might try using in the future. But black metal is a music in which not having a bass is sometimes a thing. Really? Like there's bands with just no bass player? The fact that I did this album by myself isn't an anomaly within black metal. There's like a whole bunch of artists that are just kind of one-man bands. Huh. And so they're kind of just doing it however they can do it. There's often no guitars even. Yeah, I didn't feel like it needed that. And I didn't have a bass at the time. I had a synth. When is the golden era of black metal, would you say? Probably the stuff in the 90s, uh, like in Norway. Bands from Emperor to Burzum, all that stuff is probably like the most prized. The thing that's held up the highest on the altar. And, you know, like that controversy that we spoke of, there's also now very much the opposite. There is a band coming from the Native American perspective. There's a lot of cool stuff happening right now. It's not like I'm part of some scene. I don't think a lot of these people are in any scene other than like whatever's online. Is it a genre that lends itself to more solitary online distribution? Possibly. The underground aspect is important, I think. This last year, how many people finished albums just solo? Mm -hmm. During COVID, guitar has exploded. You know, and it's just people locked in rooms. Yeah. Let's go in our bathroom and record something. I wonder if that's a discovery that comes from the pandemic or something that people already realized about themselves and the pandemic gives the excuse. I always wanted to make an album. Now I'm going to do it. Or, holy shit, I think I can make an album. I'm sure it's some of that. How much of yours was recorded pre-lockdown? I think I maybe just kind of was finishing up tracks at the beginning of lockdown. Okay. But I imagine a lot of people found some self-discovery in this time, I'm sure. Maybe not touring is what I'm hearing. Well, what about videos? You've got one video in support of this. Any plans for more? I'm already recording some new music. It's weird, you know, you put all this energy into this thing, it's out. Uh, I did a lot of things wrong as far as like how you release an album or like how you do promotion for an album. But I also grew a lot, and so I'm just kind of like ready to do the next thing, you know. The Rest Eternal video. I saw your photo of the behind the scenes where it's just one of those little video game cabinets, but it's like two inches tall. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Well, we filmed it over like a black tarp, forced my wife to be my camera woman, you know. It was a hell of a day, but we got it done. All recorded in a day. One afternoon for like my face close ups and then the other stuff was another day. A lot of sweating for me, mostly. Sure. I wonder, do you listen to any non-black metal? And when you do, what is it? Yeah, I listen to a lot of not black metal. In fact, I kind of made it a point when I was recording this album and writing it to not listen to black metal, mostly. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd listened to so much for so long that it was already like in my bloods. Got into Yes quite a bit. Huh. Whoa. Wow. Prague. I feel like my record's a little proggy. Sure. You know, anything from that to like Springsteen. It's all good.
this yes? <laughs> yes. I don't know if I know much mm. yes. What about Tangerine Dream? Man, I have this thing where I think American cinema peaked in like 1978 really? or something. There's so many good movies from the 70s. I've seen several movies recently with Tangerine Dream and... Man, their soundtrack stuff is so killer. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. There's a lot of wonderful progressive music to be found out there. Okay, I'm all in on the prog route now. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite bands is a band called Ulver. I would highly recommend, if you want to get wild, check out their first three albums. It's this trilogy of albums. One of them is the most raw black metal that you could hear. It just sounds like it was recorded in the woods in a toilet. <laughs> interspersed in there is some like beautiful classical guitar playing just to show you that they know what they're doing the next album after that is acapella and sort of like old folk european music and then the third one is basically taking those two and bridging a gap from then on they basically dropped the black metal thing their last album maybe one of their best in a while a synth pop album the assassination of julius caesar i am very interested in that album just from the title and the cover Right, because you liked when Julius was assassinated. That was my shit. <laughs> I love it. Oh, are you kidding me? What's next, Chuck? Where does Chuck go next? I'm recording some stuff. More music, some more black metal. I think it's next level for me. I've definitely taken all the stuff that I've learned and I'm getting in there. I don't have much to say about it yet. A lot is already written, recorded, and I think I'm maybe going to put it out on a split with another artist. Ooh, what about art? I still do the strip at Decibel, Stone Cold Lazy, every month. I have done for a cigar magazine, <laughs> a crazy uh, comic series for the past little while, like three pages in each issue of their magazine. The magazine's called Cigar Press. The character's called Gar the Barbarian, and he's just like a barbarian who's smoking a stogie. Actually, his sword is a cigar, <laughs> a magical cigar that unravels to reveal a sword. Of course. <laughs> so good. Really, what's next for me is I need to get my ass in gear as far as having Instagrams and all that stuff. It's crazy how much changes when you step away from social media stuff and then you come back and it's just a nightmare landscape of a million different platforms. That's my next job. <laughs> you ducked out like early Trump, right? You were gone for that whole shit show. Yeah, that was probably what pushed me out completely. I was very progressive in my views. Not like crazy progressive, but I thought Trump was a diarrhea. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I said it a lot. And unfortunately, like some people are people that you like that were offended. Oh, sure. Yeah. Whoa. I think we did a great job, Chuck. Oh, I think so. All involved did a tremendous job. Thank you. We're back. We're raw dogging it <laughs> from here on out. That's what the kids say, right? Is that what they say? Yeah, that means you're not wearing a mask. Is that what that means? I think that's exactly what that means. <laughs> okay. I don't think there's any alternative interpretations. No. Chuck, you already mentioned ChuckBB.com. Yeah, ChuckBB.com or NoscaOfTheVoid.com. For those of you that have the internet machine, check those out to see what Chuck is up to. Look at some of his comics Yep. in Decibel Magazine. Look at Black Metal. Yep. You can still, I think, pick up the Omnibus from Oni Press. Yes. I'm expecting that big bump. That high gain bump. Get ready, Chuck. Rest up for the <laughs> next few days until this thing releases. 
yeah. it's going to go off the hook, you know? I love going off the hook. It's like one thing I can't wait to get off of is the hook. Big hook. Right. They've had it too easy for too long. <laughs> sure. Yep. Where can people find us? Ed, I've done something new. What'd you do? If you go to the High Gain Instagram page, yeah, I have a link to our new link tree. You can go to our Pinterest and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Patreon and so maybe we don't have to say all that anymore. We can just say, go to the high gain on Linktree. That just sounds terrible. Does it? I don't know. Chuck knows what's up. Linktree looks like a good <laughs> idea, guys. If you are wanting to find the high gain, go anywhere. You'll find us. Yeah, we're just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Patiently. Chuck, I want to thank you very much for coming to talk to us. This has been fantastic. Well, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. That's all. all right, guys. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.